to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is... John Van Trieste. And the destination... 1908. At 109 years old, the National Taiwan Museum is Taiwan's oldest museum and one of its most venerable cultural institutions. Since 1908, the museum has been a center of natural history, anthropology, geology, and other fields of study in Taiwan. Its current home, completed in 1915, was one of the chief landmarks of Taipei under Japanese colonial rule. It was built to impress, and especially after an extensive restoration project finished in November, it still does. But while the museum's core mission of showcasing Taiwan's people and nature has never changed, its precise aims and the means it uses to showcase Taiwan have. As the museum celebrates its reopening, I'm speaking with assistant museum researcher Lin Yihong about the museum's past and about its plans for the future. In 1908, when the museum was founded, Taiwan had been under Japanese colonial rule for 13 years. The museum began as a colonial project called the Taiwan Viceroy's Office Museum. The original museum building was built to be grand, but in 1915, the museum was moved into an even grander home, an imposing Western-style building complete with classical columns, ornamental light fixtures, and a high dome. This new building had originally been intended to serve as a joint memorial to an early colonial governor and a high administrator. But in the end, the building seemed better suited to the museum's purposes. Mr. Lin says these purposes were twofold. To a colonized Taiwanese audience, he says, the museum was meant to be a monument to ideas like enlightenment that the colonizers imagined themselves to have brought to the island. The building was also part of a plan to turn Taipei into what the colonizers believed a modern city should look like. To the outside world, meanwhile, the museum was meant to project a positive image of Taiwan under colonial rule. As Taiwan was surveyed, objects both natural and man-made were gathered from across the island and proudly put in display cases. Trade and industry, as much as artifacts and specimens, were on display in the museum's early days. This was because Taiwan's commercial development and readiness to trade under colonial rule was another point the colonial government hoped to stress. Camphor, tea, and mining were just some of the industries highlighted in displays. These projects were taken seriously, and as if to underscore this seriousness, the builders of the museum's new home spared no expense or trouble when it came to building materials and design. Taiwan Cypress, prized for its fragrant smell, was brought in for the doors, windows, and staircases. Marble was imported from Japan, and local marble and slate make an appearance too, forming the checkered black and white squares on the floor of the second story. The interior decoration was lavish as well. If you look carefully, you can find examples of Taiwan's tropical produce, bananas, pineapples, and so on, protruding from the walls. 
These were exotic symbols of the colony in the Japanese imagination at the time. The museum moved into these luxurious surroundings, and here it has stayed ever since. The building that had first housed the museum in 1908 was destroyed in an American air raid during World War II. The use of space in the museum has varied over its long history. In addition to industrial displays, the Japanese period saw the remaining display areas split up strictly by discipline rocks in the geology section, plants in the botany section, and so forth. A bit unlike the cross disciplinary exhibits we sometimes see today. Then, in 1945, with the end of World War II, 50 years of Japanese rule on Taiwan ended. The Republic of China government that followed renamed the building the Taiwan Provincial Museum, and the museum's new management shifted things around in its own way. Mr. Lin says this new government too used the museum for trade purposes, specifically trade shows, at a time before Taipei had specially built exhibition centers to hold them. But while the self congratulatory tone of the colonial period was gone, the museum's use for political aims continued during this period. Mr. Lin says that after the Chinese Civil War, with the Republic of China's retreat to Taiwan, the museum sometimes hosted displays centered on the government's dream of one day retaking the mainland. Finally, during the post war years, there were sometimes art exhibitions here. Since Taiwan's first moves towards democracy in the 1980s, the museum has changed yet again. It was renamed the National Taiwan Museum in 1998, and that same year it became a national historic site. Mr. Lin says among the changes of the last few decades is a greater focus on the museum building itself as a piece of cultural heritage. There is also a respect for diversity and the equality of different ethnic groups, a departure from the mindset of colonial anthropology. Finally, Mr. Lin says, alongside these changes in attitude, the museum is also working harder than ever to make its exhibits lively and engaging to the public. The museum building has physically changed too. There have been several additions and repairs over the years. Earthquake damage was repaired in 2003, for instance. And the roof and outer walls were fixed in 2015. This year, workers turned their attention to the interior of the museum. Mr. Lin says the goal was not to recreate the original look down to the last detail. Instead, the restoration team hoped to fix signs of aging while also leaving intact the traces hinting at the building's different uses over time and of past repairs. This latest repair project posed three big problems for the restoration team. First, there was the matter of gypsum, a material used as a substitute for marble. With the addition of some colored dyes, it can have all the flecks and swirls that people admire in real marble. However, no one was at first quite sure how workers a century ago had achieved this effect. Whatever techniques they had used were lost, and no one in Taiwan could replicate them. Finally, research revealed that rather than splashing the surface with paint, 
workers had mixed dyes into the gypsum while wet, rolling it like dough until the colors diffused through the mixture. Even with this difficulty solved, though, workers quickly found out that their predecessors had had to work fast, and they only figured out the right proportion of dyes to add through trial and error. Secondly, water damage pulling wall stucco from the walls also had to be fixed, using methods that are still known, but not like those common today. And finally, years of painting over and altering the delicate wall decorations had to be carefully undone, revealing their original forms. With these difficult tasks now accomplished and the museum reopened, curators expect a busy schedule of changes that will be rolled out over around three years. Already, the long-closed third floor has now reopened with a new permanent exhibit telling the story of natural history and anthropology in Taiwan. Later, a children's exhibit is planned for the basement, and the old permanent exhibits about Taiwan's people, plants, and animals are all set for an update and a makeover. The museum is also working to forge more local ties across Taiwan, with work expected to include displays of indigenous objects from the museum in the same areas where they originally came from. Lastly, the museum plans to open its latest branch, a Taiwan Railroad Museum, as well. As it approaches 110 years since its founding, the National Taiwan Museum is reinventing itself for our time. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. Thank you.